All right, here we go. Welcome in, guys. Happy Red Wednesday. My name is Farzine Vesugian. Welcome in to the Chief Zone. Hope you're all having a great Red Wednesday. Hope you guys got your Chiefs flags, uh, your, your Red Wednesday festivities. Hope you guys got to take part in it one way or another. Uh, but obviously, the uh, main event for the weekend will be... A, less, uh, a little more than 24 hours from now when the Chiefs play host to the Detroit Lions Thursday night to open up the 2023 NFL season. A lot of things to get into here on this episode. Appreciate you guys joining me for this episode of the Chief Zone. Uh, thank you for those who are listening to the archive version on the podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever. For those of you who are listening live, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys joining live on Facebook and on YouTube. Much thanks to everyone who is doing that. Appreciate you guys joining me here. A lot of things to get into. Obviously, as you guys see with the title, we will preview the game between the Chiefs and the Lions. I will give you my prediction for that game. I'm looking forward to giving that on this podcast. Um give you guys uh my i know i did it last night uh in our uh, roundtable uh podcast uh but talk a little bit about the uh upcoming season just kind of what i expect from this chiefs football team moving forward but the big story today this one caught a lot of people off by surprise chris jones broke his silence today and i'm not talking in a social media way uh, he actually met face-to-face -face with the media in Kansas City. Yes, in Kansas City. He is in Kansas City uh, today. I don't know if he's still present in this town right now. Nobody really knows about his whereabouts. So um, uh, we'll get into that shortly. I see you guys in the chat. Scott, what's going on? Aaron, I see you. David, you're on YouTube. Much appreciated. We're starting to get some uh, some action in the uh, YouTube side. So that's good. Sean, good to see you on here as well. And I'm sure many more will chime in. I'll read uh, your guys' uh, comments as the uh, as the podcast goes on. Melissa, I see you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll get into that. Uh, let's get into the Chris Jones thing. Uh, why was he in Kansas City? Well, uh, he was at, because it's Red Wednesday... Um, so as a lot of you guys are familiar, uh, a big part of Red Wednesday, well, it's normally Red Friday, but because the Chiefs uh, play their first home game on a Thursday, uh, they're doing Red Wednesday this year rather than the traditional Red Friday. Uh, so what the, the big part about Red Wednesday or Red Friday, uh, depending on the season, is they have these $5 flags. It's $10 online. It's $5 if you purchase them in person. You can go to a, a local McDonald's or a, a, a Hy-Vee in the Kansas City area. And I believe some of the... I, I don't want to speak fully on this. Don't quote me. I know St. Joe uh, is a big part of this because the, uh, that's the city that hosts training camp. Um, I'm not 100% sure if nearby cities like Lawrence... Do this kind of thing. Uh, so please don't quote me on that. Maybe someone in the chat can uh, help uh, explain this. But um, one of the big things is you can buy these flags and all proceeds go to the Ronald McDonald House in Kansas City. Chris Jones was in 
Kansas City because he went to the Ronald McDonald house as uh, part of his partnership with McDonald's. Uh, if you watch the Chiefs preseason games, if you live in Kansas City, you obviously got the local commercials on Channel 41. You would see uh, Chris Jones is in a McDonald's commercial. Uh, it's him uh, pushing the sled and he's trying to chase the McDonald's bag. That, that commercial. Um, so a lot of people were wondering, why is he here? And then once the explana explanation got out, oh, he's honoring that contract, but not the Chiefs contract. Uh, listen, I can't I can't speak on that. And that's not <laughs> everyone. Everyone knows, though. I, I think everyone gets it. Um, uh, Chris Jones did meet the, with the media, which surprised me. Um, here are some highlights from his press conference that he did with the media today. By the way, he was walking with two police officers and uh, two of his agents, the Katz brothers, uh, Michael Katz and Dan Katz were walking alongside him. And some of the uh, pictures that you see online, you can actually see the Katz brothers in the background. Look, man. Let me just let me just start off. I'll read to you everything. Let me actually get into it now, because I think it'll just make more sense uh, for the flow of this conversation. Uh, Chris Jones made it very clear that he's simply, quote, asking for a raise. Uh, he also says that, uh, quote, it's always been my goal to be a Kansas City Chief for life, uh, which is which is good. You want to hear that, of course. Uh, Brett Veach has uh, been on the record, uh, or at least he was quoted by one of the insiders saying that the goal uh, for the Chiefs is for Chris Jones to retire a Chief. So uh, the Chiefs want Chris Jones to be a Chief for life. Chris Jones wants to be a Chief for life. So. Uh, we have that in common right now. So far, so good. Chris Jones has made it very clear that he has been working out and he can play on a moment's notice, evidently. Uh, he, on multiple occasions, said that if a deal gets done, he will be playing tomorrow night against the Lions. That's interesting, man. I, I mean, listen... I, I don't know. Uh, you've not been out there with the team. I'm sure he's in great shape. He looks like he's in wonderful shape. He looks like he's actually lost a little bit of weight. Uh, but are you in football shape? There's a difference with that. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's the one thing that gets me a little nervous. Andy Reid did say in one of the press conferences uh, a couple of weeks ago that Chris Jones does stay in good shape. So there's that to, uh, to think about. Uh, Chris was asked uh, if he considered doing a, a hold-in, um, meaning that so a lot of you guys asked what a hold-in is on the Facebook page. A hold-in is essentially uh, a hold-out. Okay, not a hold-out, but the opposite, uh, where you are showing up to practices, but you're not. Uh, you, you still want a new deal. In fact, some players when they do a hold-in, what they'll do is they'll refuse to do certain drills and uh, activities uh, to prevent injuries. That way, you know, if they suffer an injury during practice, their odds of getting a deal go down drastically. Um, so Chris Jones, uh, Chris Jones said that uh, he he was asked why not do a hold-in. He was quoted saying, "I could have done a hold-in, but that would have been a distraction." Okay, this is where we start to see some bad PR here. So he doesn't want to do a hold-in because he feels like he would have been a distraction to the team. But posting on social media, telling everyone that, you know, 
you you're you're gonna hold out until week eight. That's not a distraction. You know, liking all these weird tweets and posts and re responding, giving funny answers, doing these cryptic tweets. Those are those are not distractions. I don't think he thought twi twice about this one. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting uh, that he said that. Uh, he was also asked if he feels like he's letting his teammates down uh, because he has not been with the, practicing with the team. Uh, because the past six weeks uh, with training camp, preseason games, all these practices, uh, everyone else is there practicing, getting ready, except for Chris Jones. And... He immediately looked back and said, how am I uh, letting them down? Um, he just simply wanted a raise. You know, I, I think part of this is the optics here look a little weird. He's saying that he does, he's not letting his teammates down. He says he's been in contact with them. Didn't say specifically who, um, but... Everyone's practicing and you're on social media trolling or putting out cryptic tweets. Uh, like when Brett Veach did his press conference last week talking about how he was hopeful that Chris Jones would play tomorrow night, which, you know, listen, Brett Veach, great general manager, but he completely misread this. The fact that Brett Veach has been up, he's told the media he's being optimistic this whole time. And then a week ago, he says he's hopeful Chris Jones will play tomorrow night. What is Brett Veach? Like, where is he coming from to say all these things? I understand. I mean, what do you expect Brett Veach to say? I get a lot of people are going to ask that. But, man, in a world where we have social media nowadays and the media maybe being a bit more aggressive with their questioning than before, you're going to have to answer for these mishaps that you've provided in these press conferences and media reports and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, Chris Jones says, how am I uh, letting the teammates? You have a game in 24 hours and you're not with the team. Now, all the stuff that was going on at the Ronald McDonald house, that was around 12 o'clock or roughly before 12 o'clock. So um, six hours has passed since then. I don't know what has happened in the past six, six and a half hours. Uh, six and a half hours is a lot of hours. Um, but if we have not seen any kind of progress in the last six weeks, I don't know why something would happen in the last six hours. I hope I'm wrong, um, but it, it just has not been the the uh the most encouraging signs uh so far uh with his social media and, and by the way the point i was trying to make here the brett veach uh, press conference right after that chris jones t takes to instagram and posts a picture of himself sitting on the sidelines i mean what what, what message are you trying to send uh at this point um there was one other note chris jones made um, he gave a lot of vague answers to things, which, okay, I get, but at the same time, it's like, here's the thing, like his, his agents are standing behind him. Okay. I'd rather hear from his agents than from Chris Jones. I don't want to hear from Chris Jones on a lot of these things. I need to hear from the Katz brothers on these things. And here's the other weird thing is 
the media, and not that I'm faulting the media on this, but they keep asking Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey about all of these questions about Chris Jones. Why are we asking the players? Um, I don't want to hear from the players about this. I don't want to hear from Andy Reid about this. I want to hear from Brett Veach, but because Brett Veach is a general manager, he is not obligated to do media on a weekly basis. So unfortunately, uh, because of the way the, the rules work on this, uh, it's it's Andy Reid who has to stand in front of the podium, look at the media, and take all these questions from them. It, it, it even got to a point, and not that Andy Reid was rude about it or anything, but he got a little uh, little uh, irate uh, in, a, in a soft manner, though, where he was just, I think it was Nate Taylor of The Athletic. He's like, Nate, I don't care, man. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. I, I, I'm translating in a way. He, he's just like, man, I don't give a fuck. We have a game this week. I, I like, and I, I appreciate him saying that as the mindset. Even uh, Patrick Mahomes, when he was asked about it earlier this week, he's like, "Yeah, we got a game this week, man. We we just that's where my focus is." Um, and what else do you say if you're the MVP? Patrick did say a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, he said, "You know, I'm glad he's on my team. We'll welcome him with open arms, which is all great and all. I'm just not sure at this point if you're Chris Jones." What is the goal? Like, what's the end game here? I know I've asked this before, um, but this press conference here that has come up, um, I, I just think that, I just think that at the end of the day, you know, this just, I have more questions than answers. I, I walked away with more questions than answers on this one. Um, and here's my thing. Like, if if, if I could talk to the Katz brothers and I was allowed to ask just one question. My one question would be, look, we have a salary cap. You're limited on how much you can spend money. And I think it's no secret that you just have a lot of top tier players, Mahomes, Kelsey, Humphrey, Smith, Tooney, Jones. Um, and then there are guys like Legereus Sneed, who, uh, you know, pretty soon going to get a contract extension. Uh, Nick Bolton, another name I, I did not put in that mix. Uh, you can't pay all of those guys top dollar. Otherwise, you're going to have to, if you're going to, you have to pick and choose who you're going to keep around. Mahomes and Kelsey are already taking a discount. We know that. So, um, at the end of the day, I'm not 100% sure, like, you know, my, my question ultimately would be, because of the salary cap and all of these key pieces, is there not any consideration to that? Or is it just a... Give me what I want, um, because you have to think about that uh, if you're the Chiefs. If you're Chris Jones and if you're Chris Jones's agent, listen, Chris Jones's agent doesn't give a damn about Creed Humphrey. He doesn't give a damn about Nick Bolton. Um, and not not like in a, in, a, in a horrible way, like he's not wishing bad things on other players. But, um, you know, you're, you're looking out for your client first and foremost. Uh, but. You know, what's the goal? Chris Jones wants to win championships and he has said that he wants to stay a Kansas City Chief. Um, Nate Taylor just tweeted, Chris Jones is likely to watch his teammates against the Lions instead of playing with them. Uh, okay, that's just part of the uh, headline. I thought there was maybe a significant update. It's really not. Um, yeah, well, a couple of you guys have mentioned the Joey Bosa situation here. Um, cause that was new today. Um, is it Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa? Hold on. 
Uh, bear with me here. I almost shut off the live stream. That would have been bad. Um, we're talking Nick Bosa here. My apologies. I said Joey Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa. Um, so many Bosas in the NFL. Um, his whole situation is he got his new deal. He's now the highest paid defensive lineman in NFL history. Uh... I don't think Chris Jones is looking for that. I think it's already been made clear that Chris Jones doesn't want to be the highest paid uh, pass uh, interior uh, defensive lineman in the NFL, uh, which is good. Um, but still, what he's asking for is just too difficult for Kansas City to meet. Uh, Walter uh, commented here, give him the money. Yeah, but with what situation? I mean, seeing a lot of people say this, especially blogs out there like SB Nation, uh, someone sent me this uh, article about, from SB Nation saying that, you know, the, the Chiefs just need to suck it up and pay Chris Jones. It's not that the Chiefs don't want to pay Chris Jones. They don't have the, the the funds to do so this year. Now, in the future, OK, yeah, they do. But then that puts them in a really bad spot and kind of hurts their odds of keeping Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Uh, you got to protect your franchise quarterback. Um. Chris Jones, I mean, that guy is pretty damn talented. He wins a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles more than anyone in the NFL. But, you know, at, at some point, I mean, do you have to have the number one guy when it comes to one-on-one -on -one battles on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, or do you need to protect your quarterback more? You, you have to pick and choose with these things. Uh, Cole is asking, do you agree that he would be ready for game one without practice? See, there's a really good question here. A lot of people, and I, I don't mean to dance around this question, Cole. I'll, I'll get to, you, to your question in a second. But a lot of people have been saying during the training camp, uh, towards the end of training camp, saying Chris Jones doesn't need training camp. Do those people still think this is about training camp? Because people thought he would hold out uh, and come back once uh, the St. Joe portion of training camp was over. We're, we're, we're 24 and a half hours away from kickoff, folks. He's not with the team. Uh, and listen, maybe something can happen in 24 and a half hours. But if it does, Cole's asking, and I think a lot of people have the same question, does he show up for the first game? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, Spags did a press conference last week and talked about needing to be in football shape. And I've been saying the same thing for a few weeks now. Um I think he is going to be on the active roster. I, I just don't know how many snaps he's playing. Um, I, I don't know. He says he's ready. Uh, I, you know, I'm not. Again, I trust Chris Jones is working out. He says he, he's been working out twice a day, every day. Great. I, I, I trust that. I, I He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Uh, he really does. Um, but. You got to be with the team and, and be around the coaches. And, you know, if, if there are things you, you, you're struggling with, uh, the coaches are there to help you fix all of that. Uh, he's not there right now. Uh, let's see. Joe is not optimistic. There's no way the Chiefs and Jones come to an agreement. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, like if the holdouts lasted, what, six weeks now? I don't know what's going to happen, you know, within the next 24 hours that he's going to be ready for uh, kickoff because 24 hours from now, we will already know the inactives, which Chris Jones not going to be inactive because he's not on the active roster right now to be on the inactive list for game days. 
Um, be aware of that. P people don't understand how that works. Um, so when you see the inactive list tomorrow, just be aware, Chris Jones will not be on it because he's not on the 53-man roster right now. That's a very important thing because I know, I know I'm going to get one uh, comment about it. Uh, Daniel says, if the defense dominates without him, then he may be gone for a while. See, this is a really good point, Daniel. Um, I'll even go the opposite direction. What if the Chiefs struggle defensively and, and, and to the point that it leads them to losing games? Is that not considered a good day for Chris Jones? Like if the defense is getting their ass asses kicked every game, isn't Chris Jones and his agents, the Cats brothers, aren't they all going to be grinning while watching all of that? Like, here's the weird thing. Chris Jones is talking about how he's not letting his teammates down, but he's also refusing to show up because he wants the deal that he's asking for. In order for him to get what he wants at this rate, he kind of needs the Chiefs to fail. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is he rooting for the team to 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 struggle? I, I hate to even ask that, but and listen, I don't think anyone in the media is going to ask that because that is going to create a bit of a rift. And in the future, that reporter is probably not going to get a lot of uh, answers from the media. The media is just going to give them the cold, the cold shoulder. So you can't really ask that question, but it's a valid one, right? Like, I mean, in order to get what you want at this point, you kind of need the team to suck. I don't know, man. I hate it, but it's um that's the reality of it. Abby says, I'm wondering if this will hurt the team dynamic with CJ handling the situation this way. When I ask for a raise at work, I still have to do the job until a decision is made. Yeah, this is a really good point. Chris Jones was looking at the reporter and he said, hey, look, this is no different than if you ask for a raise. Yeah, but, you know, and I'll say this as someone who has worked in the journalism industry. If you want a raise and you refuse to show up, dude, they're just going to give you the middle finger and hire somebody else. The, the, obviously, as you guys know, um, you know, everyone's consuming media one way or another, whether it's blogs, podcasts, um, your local TV station, newspaper, radio, whatever. Um, if someone's refusing to show up, guess what? The the news director or the editor is going to say, OK, get out of here. I'll just have our uh, we'll just have another guy on staff. Go do what you're doing and we'll hire someone else to cover their duties. Um, so, you know, I, I hate when people compare, um, their, their job, the normal nine to five job to this whole thing. Cause, um, if anyone holds out per se at their job that, well, then you're not, you're getting fired. Essentially uh, your boss is going to hire someone else in football. You know what Chris Jones is doing is not, uh, he's irreplaceable for sure. What's up, Christopher? I see you, man. Um, uh, Troy says, I'd trade him for Mike Evans. Be done with him. We could use an excellent receiver. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Not really sure what Tampa Bay's um, situation is right now. Uh, do you think he would still be top three in his position without the practice? Would be an interesting topic of discussion considering he has not been involved with team activities. How long until he is in game shape? Hey, this is a really interesting question, Cole. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, again, the, it's hard to answer questions like that because I'm not there, um, you know, watching Chris Jones as he's training without his teammates. And, and even if I was there, like, okay, he's, he's lifting weights. He's, you know, uh, getting the, the cardio that he needs in, 
Uh, and then he's on the field doing his own drills. Like I don't even if I were to be able to see those things, I don't really, I don't even know like what what I, what am I looking at here? Okay, he's training by himself. Um, I, I, he says he can play. Yeah, sure. I mean, I can play too for one point what one point three million dollars per game. Is that what his his weekly paycheck is? I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. Levi says, who, in your opinion, are the most important free agents we have to keep in the next couple of years? Somebody was asking this a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't have the free agent list in front of me. Um, let me see if I can pull that up real quickly. So this is from NFL Trade Rumors, the top 100 available free agents uh, the, the first two are running backs. Shocker. Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt. Uh, oh, boy. What a story that would be if Kareem Hunt came back. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. If the Chiefs... Like, here's my thing. I said I said the Chiefs would never bring, bring back Kareem Hunt. But if the, if the defense is doing terrible... And let me just say this right now. There are not a lot of available, like, viable options. Cameron Dantzler... Uh, cornerback formerly of the Texans. He's the number four available uh, uh, player in free agency. Uh, Chris Wormley and Matt Ioannidis. Uh, those are the number six and seven available free agents. Those guys are defensive linemen. Um, I mean, Kyle Van Noy, he's number 10 on the list. He's an edge rusher. You don't have a lot of viable options here, which is understandable because you are in free agency. Melvin Ingram, he was briefly with the Chiefs, if people remember. Carlos Dunlop is still out there. Um, but those are edge guys, not interior guys. Uh, Akeem Hicks uh, still out there, I suppose. But let me just say this. If the Chiefs defense struggles and you don't have a lot of options on defense, maybe bolster the offense. And I like Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, but what if the Chiefs wanted to bolster the offense and bring back a guy like Kareem Hunt? I, I don't think it would happen. But let's re remember something. In 2018, the Chiefs had the best quarterback, the best running back, the best tight end, and the best wide receiver. Obviously, they don't, they're, they're not going to get Tyree Kill back, but they had the uh, number one offense by far that year, and it was the third highest scoring output in NFL history. Um, Kareem Hunt's 28, so I don't know if, if, this, if, if this is a situation where they would be interested in him or what, but... If you're in trouble, man, and you got some injuries at the running back position, maybe it's time to forgive and give a second chance. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I never thought I would say that, but I suppose. Um, oh, I, I believe I still got your comment up. Uh, I suppose that's uh, that's still a thing there. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, and I, by, by the way, if I'm not talking, I'm trying to read through some comments here. I just don't want to take any repeat comments like, Bud, I see you. Scott, I see you. Uh, Julie, um, don't think I'm ignoring any of you guys. Um, it's just uh, we, we've seen a lot of repeat comments, so I don't want to really do uh, a lot of that. Uh, Todd says maybe Neil Farrell, who just came over from the um, from the uh, Raiders in a very interesting divisional trade, uh, taken in the fourth round of last year's draft, I think. Um, yeah, what if he comes in and shows out? Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, if you look at the Chiefs' uh, depth right now, 
I mean, who would be your main guys? Derek Nottie? And who would be the other guy? Is is Wharton going to play? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, that would We'll maybe get into that when we do our game breakdown. But, yeah, you got to maybe think about that as well. Um, oh, 100% Kelsey. Uh, listen, a lot of people defend Tony Gonzalez, Jason, and they say that, well, Tony Gonzalez didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but you don't have to have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to you in order to succeed. Uh, Tony Gonzalez did a lot of great things without Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and by the way, it's not like, you know, he had shit passers his entire career. He had Trent Green in what was by far the best offense from 2002 to 2005. Um, and, and even in 2006, even though it was not the same because of the uh, Trent Green injury and Damon Heward filling in, that offense was still doing a lot of really good things. Um, and even in 2008, when he had Tyler Thigpen throwing to him, he and Dwayne Bill on the same team still caught for a thousand yards. Um, so he's had success with Trent Green for a short period of time with Tyler Thigpen with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. So it's not like Tony Gonzalez did not have um, uh, a top-tier quarterback throwing the ball to him. Trent Green was always labeled as an underrated guy. Uh, obviously, in Atlanta, they had a prolific offense, especially um, uh, after Tony Gonzalez's time. Um, still had some of the key pieces there going out there and balling out. So uh, Gonzalez has been on some really good offenses in the past. Um, uh, but I, I still got to go with Kelsey. Uh, the things that he's doing nobody's ever done. Um, and I know it was a lot of Patriots fans defend Gronk. Well, Gronk's got four rings. Yeah. One of them, he didn't even play in the, in the Super Bowl. The the one where Brady and the Patriots came back against the Falcons. Oddly enough, I just kind of alluded to that uh, team a moment ago, but um, yeah, Gronk didn't even play in that one. Uh, yeah, sure. You still get a ring because you are part of the roster and all. I get it. But man, I mean, it, it's like, it's like saying Robert Horry is better than Kobe, MJ, LeBron, because he has more rings than all those guys. Like, come on. Um, our linebackers must overperform. Todd's saying, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Charlie's saying, and go to, let me go back to this comment. I think their duties become more important because of the Chris Jones absence. Charlie says perhaps Carl Loftus has a breakout year. Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, he got off to a slow start uh, the first half, and I, I've gone over this many times uh, about Carl Loftus, but yeah, he really rose in the second half. Just the way he played, um, it feels like he got a sack in every, like in the last, uh, the first 10 games, I think he, he just had like a half a sack or one sack. In the second uh, 10 games, uh, it, it just seemed like he got a sack in every game except for maybe two or three. Uh, like he really showed out in the second half of the season. Uh, had He went through that typical rookie learning curve. If he played like that the entire season, this guy's got a damn good chance at winning defensive rookie of the year. Um, didn't end up going that way, but man, um, in, in terms of guys uh, who are entering their sophomore seasons in the NFL, he might be one of the... Um, one of the best defensive players, maybe the best defensive player this year uh, among uh, all second year defensive players. So I'm very excited to see what he does uh, this season. Hopefully Nick Bolton gets a Pro Bowl selection 
or a defensive award. I, I would say the defensive award. I mean, the Pro Bowl, man, I just don't care about the Pro Bowl. Orlando Brown has made the Pro Bowl four years in a row. If you've made the Pro Bowl four years in a row, why are you playing for three different teams uh, in a five-year span? I mean, come on. Uh, it, it just makes no sense. Um, yeah, but to wrap up with this whole Chris Jones thing, uh, look, dude, I, I just don't know. Like, what, where where do your priorities lie? You say you want to be a chief. You say you're not letting your teammates down, but there's a game in 24 hours and you're not there. So, uh, again, I, I walked away from that press conference with more more questions uh, than answers. Um, hopefully, hopefully the the two sides can figure it out, man. Because listen. I, I think the Chiefs can still succeed without Chris Jones. Um, I put this out there, and some people got upset. The game where the Chiefs came back 24-0 um, in the playoffs against the Texans, Chris Jones was not av available in that game. He was inactive. And by the way, a lot of people comment to say, well, it's the Texans. Yeah, a Texans team in the playoffs that won the previous week. It was a divisional round. Um, if you're really going to try to refute this by saying it's the Texans, yeah, it is the Texans, a Texans team that won a playoff game the week before and came into Arrowhead. And, and, and listen, not that they don't deserve credit for that 24 nothing start. I get it. Like Tyreek Hill fumbling the punt return, Dustin Colquitt's blocked punt, um, uh, the major uh blown coverage on the first drive of the game. Like, yeah, okay. The chiefs probably gifted them a lot of those scores, but still uh, to come back 24, nothing and to erase it in one quarter, that deficit, uh, that's all hell impressive to me. I mean, come on. How is it not uh, name me? Listen, we've seen comebacks before, but who has erased a 24 point deficit in 10 minutes? Who does that? I'll tell you who Patrick freaking Mahomes does that. Um, Look, and let me say this because Travis Kelsey, he's listed as questionable. And I guess this is a good time to uh, start talking about tomorrow's game. Uh, but uh, sorry, I was just reading an update from Matt Derrick. Nothing significant. But, um, you know, obviously I want Kelsey to be out there. At the same time, and I don't want people to twist my words. I know, I know someone's going to uh, do so, but... There is a part of me that wants the Chiefs to play this game without Kelsey. And here's why. Th there's always this narrative with Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't get it with this guy. The, the criticism around him. Oh, well, he's only good because he has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Well, Tyreek Hill gets traded. Oh, well, he has Kelsey. Oh, and Andy Reid's a great coach. Andy Reid's the reason why. Okay. So he loses Tyreek Hill. He has uh, a record-setting year, an MVP year, and people still don't want to give this guy credit for, for whatever reason, which I think is hilarious. Uh, well, now he's going to be without Travis Kelsey. Maybe, maybe. Uh, man, I, I'm kind of hoping uh, he'll be without Kelsey. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I would not be mad. I want I want Patrick Mahomes to go out there tomorrow and ball the fuck out without Kelsey because then you can finally say he just won without Kelsey and Hill and probably Chris Jones. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, it was only one game. It was only Yeah, I don't care if it was one game. I don't care who it was against. People are just finding ways to stack up reasons to not give this guy credit. 
He's pro- he's already without Tyreek Hill. He's probably going to be without the best tight end in NFL history tomorrow night. I want him to ball out tomorrow. Um, Brian just asked a great question while I'm talking about this. If Kelsey can go tomorrow, who do you think Mahomes' main target will be? I don't know. That's that's a really good question, and I'm giving you a really terrible answer, Brian. So I apologize. I don't know. Um, this is where things get interesting because if. Marquez Valdez Cantling has a big game. That'll be considered a surprise to a lot of people, to even to Chiefs fans. Same thing with Sky Moore, uh, Justin Ross, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, um, uh, who was by the way a full participant in practice today, which is good. Same with Legarius Need. Um, everyone practices except for Travis Kelsey. Uh, worth getting that out there. If Isaiah Pacheco has a big game, it would be a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jarek McKinnon, Noah Gray. Uh, I mean, I'm basically giving you all of the running backs, tight ends, and and uh, wide receivers at this point. Blake Bell. Um, so at this point, any like anyone that has a hundred yards receiving or a hundred yards rushing, that would be considered a big surprise uh, to do it without Travis Kelsey. Um, so if I had to tell you who I think would be his primary target, man. I don't know if Kadarius Tony how much if he's going to be on a snap count in this game, but I really like Richie James. Um, that's kind of like my dark horse pick. I don't do uh, same game parlays like that is way too risky for me with like regular parlays. Like if someone gets hurt, you at least still have a chance to win that game. But if I had to do an in-game parlay. I'd be I'd be inclined to maybe say that uh, I don't know what the over under is on Richie James receiving yards. I think he's got a great chance to help the team move the chains. Uh, and we talked about this last night on the uh, roundtable podcast. If you guys didn't get a chance, check it out. So, uh, I think it was um, I think it was Mark. He asked, you know, could they run more in this game? It's not Andy Reid's M.O. It's really not. Uh, a lot of people have complained and asked, why isn't Andy running the ball more with Jack McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco? It's just not been his thing. Even before Mahomes in Philadelphia, it's just not really been his thing. Uh, there have only been a couple of games during his time as a Chiefs head coach where the Chiefs have ran the ball far more where they, they threw it. Uh, one that comes to mind was that weird game it was supposed to be a Thursday game between the Chiefs and the Bills, but because of COVID, it got pushed back to like a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, if you guys recall that one, the Chiefs went run heavy in that one. That's the last time I can recall off the top of my head where the Chiefs went run heavy. Is to, I said today, I keep thinking the game's tonight, which would be in 12 minutes if it was. <laughs> but um, I'm sure a lot of us would love it if it was tonight. Uh, I, I sure the hell would. Um, Tomorrow night is tomorrow night the time to go run heavy with um, with Pacheco and Edwards Alaire. Here's the good news. Um, I mean, not that the Travis Kelsey injury is good, but the timing of it when it happened on a Tuesday, um, the Chiefs had their last day of practice today. Now, I don't know if it was the normal practice with pads and helmet. I don't know if it was a walkthrough. Um, whereas the Detroit lions today was a travel day for the Detroit lions. Andy Reed, who is an offensive genius. If you can give Andy Reed a day, even though it's not a lot, but still a day, 
with the Travis Kelsey situation right now, I think Andy Reid can find a way to come up with a new new game plan to try to make up for Kelsey's absence. I, 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 I because if you're Kansas City, shouldn't you like as of Tuesday afternoon, you have to approach that game as if Travis Kelsey's not going to play because. There's a very good chance that, you know, your guy who probably gets nine to 10 targets a game is not going to be there. So figure out a way who is going to be your, your big guy in this game. Is it MVS, Sky Moore, Rashi uh, Rice, um, Richie James, Justin Ross could maybe be a guy. Uh, he was the guy that was touted as, um, as, a, as a guy who should have gone in the first round last year. But obviously because of injuries, he went undrafted. Maybe earlier than expected. Is this the time for him to go out and, and ball out? Maybe this is the time to do that. Um, if I had to give you a dark horse guy, I think Richie James. Um, I think Jarek McKinnon gets involved a lot more. I think Clyde Edwards, a who's done some good things in the past uh, passing game. I think he might uh, go out there, get involved uh, more than expected. It, 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 it's hard to predict who it's going to be though. I You could ask any sports, every sports uh, person in town uh, that does talk radio or TV, uh, Casey Star, whatever, who you think is going to be the uh, biggest uh, offensive weapon for Mahomes in this game, you're going to get a lot of different answers. Um, I think that would be a great poll question. Uh, th- that just gave me an idea. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see what the Chiefs uh, do uh, with uh, with football season uh, coming up. Football season kicks off tomorrow. If you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet, go to SeatGeek.com. That's a great place to get your tickets. And if you have never purchased from SeatGeek before, I've got a little gift for you. You can get twenty dollars off when you use my promo code Farzine, just my first name, Farzine at checkout. So if you want to go to a football game, you want to go to a concert, whatever it is, uh, use my promo code Farzine. You'll get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Again, this promo code is only eligible for those who are first-time customers of SeatGeek. So go to SeatGeek.com, use my promo code Farzine, and get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. All right, let's get into the Detroit Lions here uh, because... This is a team that has a lot of hype coming into this season. Um, a lot of people are keeping their eyes on Detroit. I have Detroit winning the NFC North, by the way. I think they can go out there and uh, uh, dethrone the Vikings in that division and try to make some noise in the playoffs. I think they've got a chance. Um, in fact, I think I saw uh, earlier uh, this offseason that Uh, They have sold more season tickets than ever before. So there's a lot of hype for the Detroit Lions this year. And what a way for them to try to prove themselves and to everyone else uh, against the reigning Super Bowl champions. At first, this game, like when the when the NFL picked the Lions of all teams, I was like, really? When you could have had a Super Bowl rematch, when you could have had an AFC championship rematch, I still think it should have been a Super Bowl rematch or an AFC rematch. Uh, and if it's not either of those two should have been a divisional rival game. Nope. None, none of the above uh, the bills, uh, a, a, a non-divisional conference rival. Nope. Not even them. The Detroit lions who honestly was on the bottom of my list 
the very bottom of my list of teams that uh, would have been selected for uh, opening night at Arrowhead. Uh, but here we are. Here we are. You have Jared Goff, who's had a really up and down career. He's got an interesting uh, group of uh, wide receivers to work with. Uh, the big one on his uh, on his offense right now is Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, this is someone who has a lot of speed. Uh, his offensive grade, the second best at his position at wide receivers. So, uh, you know, the defensive backs for Kansas City, guys like Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, uh, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams. Uh, those guys are definitely going to be challenged. And, and, you know, I'm very curious to see uh, how Justin Reed and Brian Cook do this year. Uh, Justin Reed, he's talked a lot about putting in a lot of work this year to try to improve and play better. Uh, I think he was a little underrated and underappreciated last year in that Bengals game in Cincinnati. He was not targeted once in that football game. Uh, and I think that's telling considering that's an offense that has Tyler Boyd, uh, T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Brian Cook, I really like this was if you guys listen to my draft preview last year, Brian Cook was one of the guys I mentioned that I hope the Chiefs would draft. And they ended up drafting him in the second round last year. Obviously, he didn't play a whole lot on defense because he was backing up Juan Thornhill. Well, Juan Thornhill has now moved on to the Cleveland Browns, and that has opened the door for Brian Cook to now play more. Uh, if you, My favorite play from Brian Cook last year was when he tipped a pass that Joe Burrow threw and tipped it to his teammate, Josh Williams. Two rookies right there. Brian Cook. Uh, going out there and uh, tipping the pass and Josh Williams securing the ball, not allowing it to hit the ground for an interception. And um, that was, uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was close to the end zone too. Like, and I can't remember who he was targeting. I want to say it was Jamar Chase. If that's a catch, he's either scoring or he's going to come damn close to scoring in that one. Um, so I'm excited to see what Brian Cook is going to do. In his uh, first year as a starter, this guy is, I mean, he's getting all of the first team reps all offseason, which is huge. That can go a long way. Uh, you look at the offensive line for the Detroit Lions, their strength definitely at the two tackle spots. Um, you look at the guys they have at uh, offensive tackle. They have Sewell and Taylor Decker. These are both. First round draft pick Sewell from 2021 Decker from 2016. He's been there for quite a while. I think he's he might be the most tenured player uh, on that offense for Detroit. Uh, the running back position is very interesting, by the way. Um, you look at what the Lions have uh, at running back. They have uh, Jamar Gibbs, who they drafted in the first round this year. They have David Montgomery, who they brought in from the Chicago Bears. Uh, he's had at least 800 yards rushing every single year with the bears. He has a 3.9 yard per carry average. Uh, he won it one season. He had a thousand yards rushing, but he's had at least 800 yards every year, which look, I guess nowadays with the, uh, running back position, I, I that's not terrible. I, I suppose that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think this is a guy who, um, who's going to come in and uh, definitely try to make some noise. And if you're a big 12 fan, you, you definitely recognize his name because he did go to Iowa state uh, worth mentioning there. Uh, look, no Chris Jones, Derek Nottie is, um, is going to be there on, on the defensive line. I mean, who else do you have there uh, that the chiefs could, um, could have, uh, Danny Shelton's on the practice squad. I was hoping he'd be on the 53. Uh, a couple of you guys mentioned Neil Farrell in the chat. 
Um, Keandre Coburn. Those are your four defensive tackles right now. I'm just laughing because um, on our lads, it shows that Farrell was a trade from Vegas. I'm just confused with the Raiders, man. I don't don't get what they're doing. They've already restructured Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, contract. Imagine that. Um, So, yeah. uh, You know, Keandre Coburn, I mentioned this before. What if this guy shines and has a really big rookie season? Brett Veach has... Scored big the last couple of drafts with uh, late-round draft picks. Got Trey Smith in the sixth round a couple of years ago. Got Isaiah Pacheco last year. Could Keandre Coburn make it three for three, three years in a row? I I think so. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get in this one. Um, Neil Farrell, I mean, he's he's got experience, but only by one year. So I don't know. Uh, The Chiefs have some options. At, uh, at the defensive tackle spot. Nadi's been with the team for a long time. He is the most tenured defensive player on the Chiefs, and it's not even close. He's been with the Chiefs since 2018. Um, I think Justin Reed's also been in the NFL since 2018, but not with the Chiefs. It's only his second season with the Chiefs. Um, so you don't have a lot of veteran experience um, in general, let alone just guys who have been on this team a long time. Uh, so Derek Naughty, you know, this is his chance to maybe prove himself because he's been overshadowed by Chris Jones for so many years, his entire time in Kansas City since he got drafted in the third round in 2018. So I'm trying to think of 2018, or no, I'm sorry, third round draft picks for the Chiefs at defensive tackle. The only one I can think of is Tank Tyler off the top of my head. Um, let me just quickly look that up because I don't, I don't want to... Have to go back on that. Third round uh, last year was Leo Chanel. Josh Kendo was a fourth round pick, but he's a, he was a defensive end. Uh, Lucas Ning in 2020. Colin Saunders. Oh, I forgot about Colin Saunders. Yeah, he's moved on to the uh, to the Saints. Um, Derek Nadi in 2018. But before Derek Nadi, who was it? Chris Jones in the second round. Though they use him as a defensive end first because they were in the three four at the time. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through. They had Dontari Poe in 2012, but he was a first round pick, not a third round pick. Yeah, you would have to go back a while. Yeah, their last third round pick before Derek Nadi was Tank Tyler. Interesting. Yeah, I, Turk and Tank. Remember Turk and Tank? They got featured on uh, on Hard Knocks a bit. That was a nice little du- nickname for the duo, but unfortunately, didn't pan out to um, to anything here. Uh, I'm just skimming through uh, some of the text uh, or comments here, I should say. Yeah, let's switch over to the other side of the football. Uh, we've already covered the uh, the Lions' offense up against the Chiefs' defense. Um, you know, I'll mention this. Sam um, Sam Hayes from Pro Football Focus was on my podcast last night, and he talked about how Leo Chanel is on the depth chart ahead of uh, Drew Tranquil, which I think is very interesting. Drew Tranquil is one of the better pass cover linebackers. But I guess, you know, maybe in this game, the Chiefs are going to be expecting more run than pass. And listen, if you're Detroit and you don't run the ball, you're dumb. You are dumb. Uh, I expect a run-heavy Detroit team tomorrow night. I really do. And I, I think the Chiefs are going to have a hard time. I, th- I think they'll have some stops, and I think they'll uh, have some struggles at, uh, at different times uh, throughout the night. 
All right, Chiefs offense, obviously, you know about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. If Kelsey plays in this one, uh, Chiefs are not going to know until tomorrow. He is listed as questionable. Kadarius Tony is expected to play. Uh, he was a full participant today, which was uh, which is good to see. You have Marquez Valdez Scantling, the veteran uh, receiver on this uh, group here. Uh, not, I mean, you don't have a lot of tenured wide receivers uh, who've been with the Chiefs long term. Who is the most tenured wide receiver with the Chiefs? Uh, if we uh, take a look at that real quickly here, uh, looks like might be MVS and Justin Watson. Um, so you have so many young new faces on this um, on this Chiefs team. Richie James is a newcomer. Sky Moore didn't play a lot on offense last year, so it kind of feels like he's a newcomer. Rishi Rice is a uh, is a rookie. Justin Ross he was with the team last year, but obviously didn't play. So uh, it kind of feels like he's also a newcomer. So a lot of new faces. Kadarius Tony, yes, he was on the team last year, but not in Week One. So uh, a lot of the guys uh, like. Uh, who was on the team in week one? That's all. Uh, that's with the receivers right now. MVS was sky Moore was, and Justin Watson Ross was, but he wasn't playing. So you have four new receivers that were on the team uh, that are, are on the team now, but were not uh, with the team playing in week one last year. Very interesting. So let's assume Kelsey's not playing. What do the chiefs do in this one? How do they, Try to utilize the uh, th this offense they have. They have a lot of speedsters. Um, you look at Detroit's defense, which, by the way, was the worst in the NFL last year. Uh, and, and I don't think they really did much to try to upgrade the defense. Um, so it's going to be a tough task for the Detroit Lions coming in here against Patrick Mahomes still. Um, you look at who they have uh, at their defensive interior and Aleem McNeil. You know, not really a guy that that's going to really scare you a whole lot. Uh, I think their best player is Aiden Hutchinson. Played well last year. I think it was a rookie last year. Yeah, he was the number two player taken in last year's draft. Um, did pretty well last year, but he's really the only guy on the defensive side of the ball on the defensive line that really scares me. Uh, and that's who Jawan Taylor, a newcomer for the Chiefs, is going to be going up against. And by the way, that's what I'm curious to see. I don't have any questions about Tooney, Humphrey, nor Smith, but I have a lot of questions about Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. Those are your two new offensive tackles. Uh, I mentioned already Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley, uh, your left and right tackles from last year. They led the NFL on pressures allowed. The Chiefs moved on from those guys, and they brought in two new guys and have a lot of expectations from those two coming into this season. So how do how do uh, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor do against Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris? Uh, Charles Harris was a first-round draft pick from 2017, former Missouri Tiger there. So a familiar face to a lot of Chiefs fans probably. So uh, he'll become an arrowhead, uh, likely against some fans who were cheering for him years ago at Mizzou. The cornerback position is very interesting, though. Uh, they have Cameron Sutton, uh, who was their th uh, a, th a third round pick uh, in 2017 uh, with Tennessee. That's their number one. Uh, that's their number one cornerback. And by the way, I apologize. I said that the Lions drafted him. He came over from Pittsburgh, so no, this was not a Lions draft pick. So my apologies there. Uh, 
I will say, I think I could see Patrick Mahomes picking on Jerry Jacobs in this game. Not a good cornerback. He's one of their starters wearing number 23. So if you want to keep an eye on anyone, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to pick on Jacobs in this one. Number 23 for the Detroit Lions. Uh, keep that in mind. They also have Gardner Johnson. Yes, the C.J. Gardner Johnson, the same C.J. Gardner Johnson who played for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, the same C.J. Gardner Johnson who uh, was out there uh, complaining about the field in the Super Bowl, the same C.J. Gardner Johnson who's going to be standing on the field at Arrowhead watching the Chiefs dropped that Super Bowl 57 banner that C.J. Gardner-Johnson and his former teammates lost. So that'll be cool. Uh, I'd like to see him get torched in this game if he plays. I know uh, there was some uh, questions about his availability. Let me just quickly see if he was on the injury report in this one. Uh, no, I don't see him on the injury report for the Lions. So I think he is expected to play in uh, in this game. Uh, Chiefs had a lot of players on the injury report, but they were all full, full participants except for Travis Kelsey. He did not practice today. Um, by the way, I don't understand the uh, participation Wednesday for the Lions on their injury report. I guess they had a walkthrough, but it was probably really short because they had a flight to catch and all of that. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, okay, so uh, we went over the um, the Chiefs or the, the Lions defense. When you look at the Chiefs offense, um, again, I think you got to be very creative here. Uh, and maybe you don't see a lot of deep passes in this one. Although I think they could do it against Jerry Jacobs, unless he gets some safety help there. It wouldn't surprise me if Jerry Jacobs gets a lot of safety help, uh, in, in this football game. Uh, but you have a lot of speedsters, man. MVS is a fast dude. Kadarius Tony is fast. Sky Moore has got some speed. Richie James, that's your kick returner. So obviously he's got some speed. Justin Ross, great route runner. We saw it in the preseason, able to create some separation with the speed. Uh, can he carry over that preseason success over to the regular season if his number is called? Um, it would not surprise me if seven receivers are active. Obviously, not all seven receivers are going to get 100 yards and all of that. It's just impossible, obviously. But um, it would not surprise me if Richie James just ended up being that dark horse hero in this football game. I can see Richie James having that kind of game because you kind of need to hit them with the unexpected in this one. My number two dark horse hero for the Chiefs offense, I, I kind of wonder if it would be one of the running backs, whether it's Pacheco or McKinnon. I don't think Edwards Alaire is going to uh, necessarily step up and and have a huge game, but I think he'll contribute in the passing game for the Chiefs. I think he'll maybe be that guy that uh, Mahomes will go to if the first or second options are not available. So I can see Mahomes doing that in this game. Uh, here, here's my key, though. Again, I'll go back to it. Uh, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, your two new offensive tackles. If those guys can protect Mahomes and give him the time he needs, I think that's all that's needed for Mahomes in this one because you have receivers that are pretty damn fast and can go out there and get open. And if you can do that, you got a good chance at winning this football game. A really good chance. I say the Chiefs win. I say the Chiefs win. I think Mahomes will do just fine in this one. I think Pacheco will uh, will uh, surprise some people. I think Richie James will surprise some people. Um, I think Kadarius Tony might have uh, might have a solid performance in this one too. 
I'm going to go 38-27 Kansas City. Um, I just think at the end of the day, you know, Patrick Mahomes has an insane track record for uh, week one games. He's never thrown an interception in week one. He's never lost a week one game. He's 5-0 and in week one games. And in those five week one games, he has won AFC Offensive Player of the Week three times. So keep that in mind. When you look at, uh, when you watch this game, I was about to say Sunday night, Thursday night, tomorrow night. Um, by the way, uh, I, I wish I was at Arrowhead. If if you're going there tomorrow, cheer loud, man. Uh, have a damn good time because I sure as hell would if I was going. Uh, a couple of week one games I want to uh, uh, go over here. Browns and Bengals. Okay, the Bengals are obviously the uh, biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point underdogs here. Man, that Orlando Brown one, I mean, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Is Miles Garrett playing in this game? <clears throat> Excuse me, because if he is, this is going to be a long day for, for Joe Burrow. Um, again, he's obviously coming back from that injury. Didn't play in the preseason. I think it was the first day for a second day of practice. Um, and by the way, the media even noted that Orlando Brown was getting destroyed by, by Hendrickson in practice, man. If you're, if you're struggling that much against, um, uh, against your teammates in practice, dude, it's going to be a long season. Uh, not that. Chiefs fans are shocked by this. I mean, they're just not. Eagles Patriots. Okay, this is intriguing because there's a huge deal being made about the fact that the Super Bowl losers um don't end up returning to the playoffs. Or, or, or some weird stat. I don't know what it is. No, that's not right because obviously Joe Burrow made it in the playoffs last year. The Chiefs made it the year before. Um, yeah, I, I have that stat screwed up. Uh, sorry about that. But there's some weird stat. Maybe you guys can help me out with that one where, uh, the losing team, um, I, I think it's, it's the losing team, not able to make it back to the Super Bowl. Something, something, some weird stat like that. But anyway, you got the Eagles. Obviously they blew that lead in the Super Bowl. They're playing a Patriots team that honestly, look, man, this is a make or break year for Mac Jones. And I'll give you a bold prediction right now. I think this is, this is Bill Belichick's final year coaching in the NFL. Um, I think he's got to step it up. Uh, I, I, I just don't know at the end of the day, uh, if he has anything left, uh, and if the Patriots struggle, I think you got to move on from Belichick. And I think you also got to move on from Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones did good his rookie year. Um, I really do. Um, he got off to a very slow start, probably a lot of pressure because he was tabbed as the next Tom Brady, uh, in that area. But, you know, he eventually picked it up and the Patriots played great football, but they just collapsed in the last few weeks that year. So I'm curious to see uh, what the um, what the Patriots do in this one against the reigning NFC champions. Sunday night football, I think, is going to be interesting. I have a lot of doubts about the Cowboys. I just do. I'm sorry. I'm not sold on them. A lot of people think they could make it to the Super Bowl this year. How? How? I, I'm just not sold on Dak Prescott. Regular season Dak Prescott? Cool. He's good. So is Lamar Jackson in the regular season. Playoff Dak Prescott? Uh, yeah, uh, give me the other team. I'm just not confident in the Cowboys. But the Giants, this is an interesting team that made it to the playoffs. And Daniel Jones had his best 
game against a Vikings team that I thought who the, the Chiefs would have met in the playoffs. Um, and the Vikings were battle-tested last year, and they were perfect in one-score games. I think 7-0 or 8-0. So I'm very curious to see um, how the Giants try to build off of last year's success. Um, I'm very curious to see that. And then Monday Night Football, I think that is going to be a very interesting game. That, to me, might be the most interesting game, and I think that's a perfect uh, game to pick to finish week one. The Bills and the Jets. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the Bills, I mean, where do you start with them? Obviously, just heartbreaking endings uh, the last two years, last three years. First, it was the AFC Championship game. The divisional round, the 13-second game, we know a lot about that. And then the divisional round again, uh, where they lose to the Bengals uh, in a really, uh, they just looked bad in that game. And then all the Stephon Diggs drama. Meanwhile, the Jets, they looked great last year. They actually looked like they could have won the AFC East, but they just fell apart. Mike White was not playing as well. Um, Zach Wilson, I mean, he's just not it. He just isn't. Um, and his comments really cost him as well. Now they've got Aaron Rodgers with a change of scenery here. They've got a lot of new faces at receiver. And they feel like this is a team that can maybe move into the right direction. I have the Jets winning the AFC East. I do. If they had Aaron Rodgers in those last six games where they were in position to win the AFC East and then just crash into a wall. I think they hold on to that lead in the AFC East. I really do. A lot of people hate the hype that the Jets are getting. And some people are wondering, could the Jets be like the Broncos last year where they got overhyped? I don't think so. I really don't. Aaron Rodgers might be one of the smartest quarterbacks in NFL history. Um... Let me just look at best QB rating in NFL history. I know Patrick Mahomes is number one, I think. Uh, let me quickly look it up. Aaron Rodgers is like number two on that list. Yes, Patrick Mahomes, according to Pro Football Reference, is number one with a 105.7 rating. Aaron Rodgers is number two at 103.6. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, the others, it goes Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Gr Jimmy Garoppolo, what? <laughs> Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, and Tom Brady. That's your top 10 right there. Um, Aaron Rodgers has uh, one of the sharpest uh, quarterback minds in the NFL. Um, there's another thing I want to look up real quickly. I don't know if we can look up touchdown to interception ratio. It would not shock me if Aaron is number one. Yeah, he is number one by far. Um, at 4.52 with his TD uh, slash INT ratio. Number two is Patrick Mahomes at 3.92. And then there's another big drop off with uh, Russell Wilson at 3.14. And then Tom Brady at 3.06. Um, yeah, it does not shock me that Aaron Rodgers is number one in that category. Uh, this is, by the way, according to the football database. So uh, I think that's someone right there who is going to take the Jets, and he's going to lead them in the right direction. I really do. Um, a lot of people just aren't buying into the hype with um, 
with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I can understand that because the Packers did look bad last year, but I think they stepped up towards the second half. Um, and the Lions, you know, preventing them from making the playoffs on Sunday night football, which I thought was a weird game to pick for Sunday night. Uh, but hey, look, I mean, the Lions, they're coming in, into Kansas City trying to build off that uh, nice finish to their uh, their season last year. Um, yeah, your season may have been finished right before, but yeah, you still want to go out there and play spoiler for uh, your division rival. And they did exactly that. Kansas City did exactly that in 2009, if you guys remember, where the Broncos had Josh McDaniels and they started 6-0 and and then they all of a sudden started losing a bunch of games and they had to win their last game of the year in order to make the playoffs. And Jamal Charles and Der- uh, Derek Johnson just absolutely destroyed the Broncos. Uh Jamal Charles ran for 259 yards um, and Derek Johnson had two pick sixes. That was uh, like, I know that was one of the dark uh, among the dark years in chiefs history, but that has to be like one of the best games in chiefs history. If you ask me, uh, what are some of the best single game performances in chiefs history? Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson. And it comes from the same game, that game right there. Um, so, and the chiefs obviously built off that and they won the AFC West the following year, which was awesome. Um, but anyways, uh, you, you look at the, the lions coming in, this is a team with a lot of hype and they want to get off to a good start. It would mean a lot to them if they could do that against the reigning champions. Meanwhile, for Kansas city, I think you got to maybe relax, understand that, you know, the offense is going to get off to a slow start, but once you can figure shit out, I think this chiefs team will get going on offense. Defense will have its ups and downs tomorrow. Uh, but I think it's important to set the tone and Hey, that 12th man, I mean, banner night. I think everyone's going to be fired up. Would not shock me if people are already lined up at arrowhead. It'll be a good night tomorrow. I had the chiefs winning 38, 227. I think they go 15 and 2 with a Super Bowl win, repeating winning it all in Las Vegas. Looking forward to that. All right. I am out of here. You guys, thank you again. Uh, by the way, uh, uh I, I see some sorry guys' comments. Um Zane says, I keep missing your lives. No, it's okay, man. I, I, listen, I, I have to take responsibility because I have not been consistent with my start times. I got to pick a, a start time and do it every single time, every single week. There are obviously like emergency podcasts like yesterday with the Travis Kelsey injury. Um, listen, I, I mean, I don't know how it all works, uh, but if you guys can turn on like your notifications, that kind of thing, uh, you'll always have uh, uh, you, you'll you'll be notified. Hunter says he's going to the Bengals game. That'll be awesome. Club seats. There you go. Cincinnati bunghole says, by the way, this is a proof that this account is not me because I'm here talking to you guys. I could not listen. If my life depended on it, I could not type and talk at the same time. I just couldn't. You guys have seen me look at notifications, looking at updates um, while doing this podcast. Sky is going to have a big game tomorrow. Mike, mark my words. Okay. Okay. I love. I, I, hey, I think that's ideal. He was your second round pick last year, so why not? Um, Josh Allen is one of the most overrated players in the NFL. See, here's the thing, because last year, the Bills were tabbed as this team that's invincible. They got the best roster. They have the best personnel. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're great, but I think this is a 
I, I think people are honestly like overrating this team somewhat. Um, and by the way, look at Doc Rivers. Um, he got fired after the 76ers keep finishing at the same place in the playoffs over and over and over again. It would not surprise me if Sean McDermott gets the axe very similar to Doc Rivers. It would not shock me one bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm predicting two head coaching changes in the AFC East this year. Those are those are my predictions right there. Um, I'll read a couple more comments. Lewis says, Jets and Lions biggest hype busts. Yeah, the, the Jets are the biggest... Um, the, the Jets and Lions, the, the teams from each conference, uh, AFC and NFC, yeah, they're getting the most hype for uh, teams that are going to improve the most. I don't know, man. I don't I don't agree that they're hype busts. The Lions, it just depends on their defense. Like, if the defense can step up, I think they've got a very good shot to not just win the division but go far in the playoffs. I have them making it to the NFC. Uh, Connor says, ironically, Jamal Charles had an unforgettable fumble also against the Broncos. Oh man. He also had an unforgettable fumble against the chiefs as a member of the Broncos on Monday night. Remember that one? Uh, I don't cause I was on a flight. Um, I was trying to watch it on, um, what was it? American airlines, I think. And their wife, was just awful, just all time bad. Um, so I, it's funny because, um, on my way back, um, I was flying back from Charlotte. Uh, previously, I was in Mexico, so my connecting flight was in Charlotte. But it's weird because um, I was just looking, refreshing the box score because I couldn't really watch the game. Uh, the plane was flying not above Arrowhead, but more adjacent. So I'm refreshing on my phone, and it takes forever to refresh because, again, the Wi-Fi was horrible. I'm looking out the window at Arrowhead. I'm like, man, I, I would, I, I, I would love to know what the hell is happening this exact moment right there. It, it turned out to not be the most exciting of Monday Night Football games, so it didn't really miss too much. I remember Tyreek Hill threw an interception on a weird trick play attempt, um, and then the Jamal Charles uh, fumble. Uh, those are probably the two uh, big things that uh, that happened in that game. All right. Now I'm going to sign off here. Big thanks to all of you guys once again for downloading and listening to this episode of The Chief Zone. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Apple, Spotify. If you missed the live versions, you can uh, go back on the uh, on the podcast versions or you can or watch the archived versions on Facebook and on YouTube. If you guys haven't done so already, if you could please go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash at The Chief Zone. Please subscribe to the Chief Zone YouTube channel. We're going to start using that a lot more. Going to be uploading some shorts on there. So if you haven't done so, please subscribe to that. Would greatly help out as we get the 2023 season underway. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you made it through the offseason. The 2023 season starts tomorrow night. If you're going to be at Arrowhead, cheer loud. Have a damn good time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I will talk to you guys Friday, we will not do a post-game podcast tomorrow night. It's going to be too damn late. It'll be Friday morning. Talk to you then. Take care.